Woke up this morning with the sundown shining in him. Where's the money, Lebowski? Where's the f***ing money, head? Oh, it's, uh, oh, oh, it's down there somewhere. Let me take another look. I found my mind in a brown paper bag, but then... 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Trip. On a cloud and fell eight miles high. I tore my mind on a jagged sky. Okay, you know, you guys aren't privy to all the new so uh, you know, that's what you uh, that's what you pay me for. I just dropped in to see what condition my condition was in. Illinois Nazis. I hate Illinois Nazis. Yeah, let's cut through the chase, okay? What are you guys selling? I lost you $60,000. There is no one who wants to make that money back for you more than I do. There's just one thing, dude. What's that? You have to use so many cuss words. What the f*** are you talking about? Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. I woke up this morning with the sundown shining in here. Well, and Jackson. I'm talking Greg Pappas on the board. SB futures unchanged, unchanged, unched, they would say in the trading floor. NASDAQ futures down 21. Dow futures up 55 after a kind of a furious Dow rally yesterday with Salesforce up like 21 bucks and some of these high priced stocks in the Dow. And I think every every dollar in the Dow up or down is like, or in a stock, a buck, Chuck, is of like seven something. Isn't, it, isn't that the ratio? Greg, it used to be over eight, but I think it's down to seven now. but but some of the stacks that were up a bunch yesterday took everything right with them. Johnson Johnson was up a bunch. Uh, Boeing was up a bunch. So there we have. Do we have a uh, Professor Kevin? Professor Kevin. Good morning. Yes, you do. How are you? Oh, living the dream every single day of my life. Well, you know, we sort of all right. All are. You know what the heck? We're we're here. We're healthy. We're on, on the air. We're you know reading some good, some bad stuff, telling people about it. We got a lot of nice listeners. Could be worse. It could always be worse. Yeah, well, you know, we have, even have Mike Murphy chiming in every once in a while, so we get to talk to him, you know. It was always Mike something. Murphy? Yeah, the even, Mike Murphy? Yeah, that was even something, you know, back in the day, talking to Mike, trying to trying to get him to go to... joining today? You know, I don't know, he used to, once in a while he used to join me for class, he might join today, you know. <laughs> if we're counting on the same schedule as joining <laughs> you for class, we're doomed, he's not going to make it. <laughs> now he's going to come in and yell at us. Oh, without a doubt. Hey, uh... <clears throat> Question: We got interesting stuff we've been talking about this week. Obviously, um, <clears throat> we do every week. But I, uh, this, the, what is exploding in this sports world? Um, and again, you've, you've been the proponent. Proponent. You've been the person that says, "Hey, there aren't any rules. There's no plans. This is what happens." Um, I, I just am trying to imagine, you know, kind of where all this goes. I don't know why. Whenever I'm driving in in the morning, it's like I have nothing else to think about. So I'm thinking about this stuff. The the fiasco, or you, <clears throat> I won't say fiasco, even though I already did. The happenings at Notre Dame yesterday are really incredible, aren't they? When you think about it. Well, yeah, the idea that uh, that a whole bunch of players have decided that have announced that they were going to transfer. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> well, what the receiver and coach they, and and they let go the uh, wide receivers coach and most of the players who are leaving, not all, are. Uh, are wide receivers, so there's got to be a story there. I don't know what it is at this point, um, 
but there's there's got to be something more that was going on because the correlation, you know, the coincidence would be, let's say, substantial. Um, I'm just trying to uh, put myself in the situation going back to my freshman year. Okay, now, Greg, close your ears. Uh, what we had a we had a phone in the room, right? You, nobody, there was no such thing as a cell phone. You had a phone in the room, and you had a if you had a long distance card, if you wanted to call long distance, you charge it to yourself, correct? And people yeah. could and people could call you, and you could try to bug the, bug the girls over at St. Mary's, and the, those calls didn't cost anything. They were all in the same network. Well, yeah, it was a it was a Centrax system. If, if anybody remembers those old days, where you could four digit dial, it was still uh, telephone connection. Right. They, they had the programming in it so that you could, you know, you could extension dial um, within your company, within your organization, whatever that may be. Well, I'm just trying to imagine. Now, the one kid who's leaving, he's in the portal. Now, that means he can't play in the bowl game, right? Right. They're gone. Yep. Um, so, he's a freshman. There's more than one, though. There's several. Right, but the one that was, one was real good, right? Rico Flores was, uh, um, you know, I thought... Uh, came on strong at the end of the season. Um, he was a fresh. He's a freshman. All right, so I'm I'm trying to put him. Now whether he lives in a single or whatever, I have no idea. But I was in a quad with uh, and it was uh, it was Tom Conway, Mark Johnson, who comes on the show once in a while, and, and Frank Preda, an attorney. <clears throat> Not sure how he got to be an attorney, but he he did. <laughs> anyway, um. I'm just trying to, if, if I could do it, Kevin, and I, and I don't really want to get into anybody's underwear at all, if I could do it, I would love to see the entire swath of communication from this Flores kid from the day he showed up at Notre Dame regarding other people that are not agents, other assistant coaches, high school coaches that tell him, you know, if it's not good there, these other guys are interested, marketing people, how much are you making there, I can get you more. I would love to see, <clears throat> I'll bet it's thousands of, maybe not phone calls, but <clears throat> texts and stuff. And how in God's name does somebody go to freshman year at a tough school with all that crap going on in addition to being a football player? I mean, the education has got to be a joke, unless he's a very unusual guy, and maybe he is. You know, maybe he went to uh, uh, <clears throat> summer school last year, or he came out of, <clears throat> excuse me, out of high school, and, uh, you know, and maybe... You know, he's one of these guys that actually does care about class or blah, blah, blah. But I, I'm thinking, Kevin, it's a fiasco. And he's been there five months. I'm just saying. I mean, what, well, what, what has this yeah, got to I do with no, it? I have no basis for saying that one way or the other. So, Well, what do you think nobody's talked to him? Do I think nobody's talked to him? Yeah, of course somebody. He's, uh, if, if nothing else, when he started thinking about it, he probably uh, put out his feelers and you know, at least had his people talk to someone else's people, um, but uh, and and I don't know to what extent they stay in touch with some of the people that have recruited them in the past. I'll bet you Generally, they're. I'll bet you they're all over it. Well, I, I suspect so. Even if it's benign stuff like, "Hey, I saw you play yesterday. Really nice game." Um, you know, the th- things that do maintain contact. It's the same thing. Salespeople do this all the time, don't they? They, you know, they 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 want to have as many contacts with you as as they can, so that when it is time to talk about doing business, you're prepared to talk about doing business. So that's that's pretty normal stuff. But um, 
Yeah, I, I, I am sure. I, I don't know how much that would get in the way of going to school or not. Um, I, I'd have to think about that a little bit because, you know, like how many people go to class every single day, uh, have a, you know, or go to class, you know, take or are taking some classes, and at the same time they have a full-time job and a family. Um, so it's it's manageable. I don't think that's that. Well, the whole idea, the whole the least of my concerns. The whole idea is you have this. See, I, I think that football at that level for a freshman or anybody is a is an absolute full time job, and how they go to class anyway with all this other stuff. But my point, Kevin, is we went from a system that allegedly, once you signed your letter of intent, intent, people were supposed to leave you alone to be a student, to play there. Now, if you something happened, the coach left or he didn't like the guy or whatever, you could always leave. And by the way, you had to sit out a year. And you know, there, there was some discipline to the system. I'm not saying it was perfect. But now that's all that's gone. I mean, to a certain extent. I mean, it, I mean if the kid goes to the library, one, I assume he ever goes, what does he get, 10 texts while he's there? I bet, he, I bet people tell him, oh, man, a guy at uh, Oklahoma State's making uh, 100 grand playing in, and he's not as good as you. you got to get over here. But that's going on constantly. And I just don't think it's worthwhile. I mean, I don't know how you stop it. Or if, well, or if the cure would be worse than someone, this. As someone who was a roommate of a um, of a football player who, when, when we were freshmen, and a football player who did consider transferring um, at the time, uh, I, I know that they were talking to people back then. So I, I don't know that this is anything new under the sun. He was getting advice. So, well, you know, for for goodness' sake, don't play a game. So you don't use up any eligibility. Don't you know? Uh, all of these kinds of conversations were going on, and uh, you know, it, it didn't come to fruition. He decided to stay. Wound up not playing football. In fact, wound up you know having uh, some other physical issues. But um, but uh, but nevertheless, we're not talking about something that's all that new. Well, I mean, you know, the degree maybe the the volume, you know, certainly in the in the age of communication, uh, you know, easy communication. Uh, I, I'm sure the volume is amped up, but you're not you're not talking about something that never used to happen. Um, you know, I, uh, I we get that from some of our buddies on our thread, and I think the degree of stuff it makes makes a big difference. I mean, if you if you're playing a basketball game and you might get a, a cheap shot once in a while, and all of a sudden the next game four guys are mugging you the whole game, it's different. It's not well the same thing. The guy got you a cheap shot last week. No, it's not. This, this is a level of which and money's involved in it. Kevin, and then somebody's going to say, oh, they always found a way at Texas to give you a few bucks. A few bucks is not the same we're talking about here. And we're not, we're not even on the same planet, I don't think. I don't think somebody from... I picked Texas up, can make a call to somebody, say they're their market agent, say, and by the way, I can get you a deal from Nike for hundred grand right now, but you gotta transfer to Texas. I don't I don't think that phone call was made in our era. Well, I think I think other interesting phone calls were made. So yeah, you know, is it different? Yeah, nothing's the same, but it's but conceptually, process wise. You know, don't don't talk about it like it. You know, like none of this stuff ever happened. It did. Um. Okay. And, and and don't talk about it like the money was pizza money. At the time, because it wasn't. How much? How much was it? You think? Five digits. Well, at, at the entire time there was somebody was there. 
So in many cases, did, did, did you remember uh, um, the Southern Methodist? Oh, there, there have been cases, yeah. There have been cases, but I mean, you don't... They weren't that unusual. There there was a time when, in the in the days of the Southwest Conference, when Arkansas was the only school that wasn't on probation. They were all competing with each other to, to see who could throw out the most cash. Um, the guys who were being nailed for cash were getting somebody... When Notre Dame got nailed for cash, the guy was giving the kid money to go home on a Greyhound to his uncle's funeral. Yeah, there was some of that, and that was ridiculous. I say I, I don't. I think that we're on a whole different planet here. I honestly do, and it's to the point where the schools are going to react to it. In terms of, if you leave after first year, I want my money back for the scholarship. Well, I, we talked the other day yeah. about how the schools are going to react to it. They're they're going to split off. They're going to have their own. Um, you know their their own model for how all this stuff is going to work. They're going to set up rules. There's going to be a revenue share aspect to it, and there is going to be um, uh, th- there will also be um, you know some some limits on it. I, I, that's coming. That, that's coming. I think this kid this kid's contract ten years from now is going to be. We recruited you. We got you here. We got you through freshman year. You go. You owe us fifty grand. Could be. Wasn't the reporter? Wasn't he placed, uh, placed like down on the death chart? No. The report or the uh, the wide receiver that transferred. Or well, there's a couple. Transfer? Couple did. One but was. There's several, and they were all playing. You know, well, Merriweather, I think, playing. got bumped down. He might have been sour grapes about that. Yeah, the, the big the big star the last couple of games yeah, was Mer- Merriweather. Merriweather, uh, he's a very talented guy. Who, you know, one one of their big problems this year was none of their receivers could get open. I, I think that that in part, at least in part and maybe in entirety, is why the wide receivers coach was let go. I don't know if he was popular amongst the players or not. I just don't. It know. seems like he was but, because. But they, but the point, but my point is this: that uh, you know, Merriweather, if he got bumped down the depth chart, he probably deserved it. Now, the freshman doesn't guy mean was... he's not doesn't mean he's not pissed off about it, but I also think he's a guy you don't want to lose because he's a very talented guy who could, uh, who, who may blossom in his last couple of years and be a really terrific player. So I, I'm not I'm not saying oh good riddance or anything like that. I'm disappointed to see him go as a fan, but uh, but I, but I sort of understand why he was thinking it's not working out. And, and we may have to look at some of this as case by case, and you may have to look at, at this as something that is just, no, this is a big trend and you got a problem. And, and, you know, one day in, I'm not prepared to say which one is true. I don't know. Right. Well, the, uh, the guys who were doing the, the radio, you always watch them on TV. And I, yeah. Oh, they know. <coughs> they're they're going to be much better. Go ahead. No, I'm saying that they, they basically, they've... I'll use the term em- embrace this totally, and they said they won't. It goes down the list of uh, well, we got a couple of good freshman quarterbacks coming in, but that doesn't matter. We we need we need a real guy out of the portal. I mean, we're going to go. Recruit- Some guys think that uh, what's his name, the Duke guy, is transferring to Notre Dame. Yeah, and you know what? I I am I I think he's a, a really tough kid. I really uh, you know every time I saw him play, I really had a lot of respect for what he did. But at some point you got to start playing the guys and developing the guys you recruited. 
So I, I am not of a mind that I'd like to see them get bring that guy in. Not that he wouldn't be good, but I, you know, they they've got a couple guys on the roster and other guys coming in uh, that I think you know have a chance to be pretty good quarterbacks, and I would really just like to see them get their shot. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna. <clears throat> I'm in trouble my voice here, but I know I'm out on a limb here, Kevin, but I'm going to say that there are schools now, as this plays out, it's just going to be like JUCOs, junior college guys. There's going to be schools that, over a period of a, two decades, never even recruit a quarterback. They just go grab one. Maybe. I mean, why, why, why would, if you get this kid, uh, Hardman, with two years left, why would you ever want to mess around with a freshman? Yeah. There's going to be schools that, re- that it, even but, stop but recruiting. It's the, one year, it's the one-year rentals that I don't like to see. Unless unless you just think you need to clear a path for the guy who's coming in as a freshman and he's going to be ready as a sophomore. You know, I mean, just from a team, you know, a, a, a team personnel standpoint, that could make sense. But from a team building standpoint, I don't think it makes sense at all. Um, you know, I, I do think, you know, do you, if you don't want mass exodus, then you, you've got to have – you know, you've got to have a way for your players to uh, uh, to see a pathway for them to be successful at your school. Just like it's the same thing we have to do in the business world, isn't it? Uh. If, if if you don't give, if, if people don't have a path to success, whatever the success means to them, and it's going to mean different things to different people. Um, but you know, success may mean a path to management. I used to deal with this all the time. I'd have people who say, "Yeah, I really want to develop into a into a network engineer," as an example. Well, you know, the the fact of the matter is, I don't need six of them. I only need two on on my staff. Is it so? You know, so what would I do with them? I would sit there and I would tell them and follow up on this, and I would say to them, "Okay, let's develop you, and as, if an opening comes comes up for you." We'll go for it. We'll, you know, uh, uh, you'll be in line to get the position. And if you don't, and you're ready to make the move, then at that point, let's talk. I can help you land in a good spot someplace. And it may not be here. And I'll, I'll be sorry to lose you. I'm not trying to push you out the door, but I want to make sure that you have a chance to succeed on your terms. And you know, I think you build a lot of loyalty. You actually wind up keeping a lot of those people because they appreciate that. Um, and then some of them say, nope, I'm, it's time for me to realize the dream, and thank you for helping me get there. And they move on, and you never know when your paths are going to cross again. Well, I, I, you're talking about how people work in, in, in a business world. I was learning, there's law firms that can't wait to recruit the hell out of Harvard and Yale and God knows where else and develop people on their own. There's other people who meet somebody in court, and he's pretty good, and they can't wait to steal him. I mean, there's there, there's different styles, but we're th- also talking about the business world, not a not a tax free. What do you what do you want to call it? Uh, well, we are talking about. The there was a podcast yeah. uh, with I th- I forgot who it was. It's the All the Smoke podcast or whatever it is, and they were talking about how Kobe Bryant would re- recruit people. <laughs> he said he would just get the people who he didn't want to play against. So, for well, yeah. example, Ron Artest, you know, they almost got in a fight, or, and then he's like, "Okay, you got to come play with me." Well, Rodman, uh, same way. Rick Rick Barnes, I think, was you know they got in each other's face one year, and <laughs> then you know you're if you're crazy enough to fight me, you know you're crazy enough to play with me. Got a text or a call out of nowhere. Well, I don't I don't sort of doubt that. I'm just saying that 
there's are there are people, Kevin, and, and, and by the way, you you and I are still kind of like the old model better. Okay, and uh, but I'm going to say Clemson. If Matty Weber was here, he would say because he told me this. Clemson, all of a sudden, they don't have an elite quarterback, and it's just like it's just like the pros. And and if they don't have one, and your your guy's Matt a sophomore, Barnes, and he's, sorry, he's two years. Rick Barnes, the, the uh, coach. Yeah, Matt, Matt Barnes is the host of all the Smoke podcasts. So you know, if if you if you're you're remiss if you don't go out and bid for one, just like the pros. And I, the, the best quarterback might always be somebody you pill from another team. It's already got twenty five starts. And oh, think about who some of the best quarterbacks to come out of uh, you know to uh, the number one draft picks. Where did Joe Burrow start? I have no idea. Ohio State, and then he transferred to LSU, won a national championship. Okay. Where did Justin Fields start? Ohio State. No, no Georgia. 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 Yeah. Wow, well, that's Mr. Murphy. Hey, we come back from break. Let's talk about what the wars and, and money. When we come back, and uh, I'm, I'm so intrigued by this this uh, this deal with the uh, what's his Cuban's uh, place. Let's talk about that a little bit. SB Futures down 575, NASDAQ Futures down 42. Leaking a little, the dollar I think is probably still up. We'll be right back, Stacks and Jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com/jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello, and back to Stacks and Jacks. I'm Tamal. My great campus on the board. we got Kevin O'Neill, Mike Murphy with us, arguing about college sports, the business of sports. SP Futures down six and a quarter, and Futures Futures down 41.50. Well, I tell you what, if I was, you know, nobody's ever going to put me in the Oval Office. The first thing I'd do is I'd start taxing this stuff. Anyway, that would be me. Make everybody make everybody hate me the first day. Over in Europe, uh, they probably already hate me before even the first day. Uh, DAX up 109.7%, FTSE up 48.6%. Heck around up 25.3 percent. They've been fairly uh, re- uh, going to the upside over there in Europe now for really a couple weeks. Slow but but steady. Um, the uh, over in Asia, the Nikkei down 55.1 percent. The uh, Hang Seng down 212. Under 17,000, 16,000, 830s. The thing continues to fly back and forth. Shanghai up a buck, 3,031. Asia market slide as investors assess. Factory activity, private surveys, China manufacturing, um, not doing so hot. So China's, China's a problem. A 10-year yield or 10-year rate uh, down of one basis point, 4.34. Going down, um, I'll call it one basis point. Let's say it's unchanged, 244. 
Japan up three basis points, 0.71. We've got oil trying to get back to 80, but it was down again yesterday after the show. So we're back down to 76.07, even though it was trading higher than that in the morning. We're up eight cents, 80.94. Natural gas down three cents, 2.77. Our bob unchanged, 2.17. We've got gold up 2.20. It's steady here in the middle of the 2000s, 2040. Silver down a dime, 25.19. Copper up three cents, 3.86. We got Bitcoin up 810, 38,558. That's got to be recent highs there for sure. And the US dollar, we're uh, almost unchanged, is down slightly. The euro up uh, six basis points, 108.9. And then the pound uh, down a little bit more against the pound. Pound's up to 126.5. So the dollar has retreated some, but now it seems to be settling in at these new levels. Uh, what do you have for us, traffic weather sports? Right? Good morning, everyone. 632 here in Chicago, 42 degrees cooler with uh, rain tapering off today. Phoenix, 54 degrees right now, 64 today, cloudy and cool there also. Traffic inbound candy, Montrose to the interchange, 16 minutes. Inbound Edens from Lake Cooks, 36 minutes. Uh, Eisenhower from Wolf is 23 minutes. And the Ryan, 95th to the interchange, 20 minutes. And Stevenson is 25 minutes from 294 to the Ryan. NHL, the Hawks lose at Detroit. That was 1-5. Arizona beat Colorado at home. That was 4-3. NBA, the Bulls beat the Bucks. Um, the Bucks are 13-6. They won in overtime. Uh, that was 113-120. And NFL on prime, Cowboys win at home against the Seahawks. They did not cover, though. That was 41-35. That's all I got, Chief. So they really lost. Well, the betters were not happy. No. Yeah. You got to... Mr. Mike, how are you? Good, Tom. How are you doing, Kevin? Good morning. Good morning, Mike. Hey, did we? Were you planning to join us, or did we goad you into it? Uh, no. Uh, someone sent the link, so I oh. guess Tom <laughs> thought ahead for five minutes and maybe wanted me on today. I don't yes. know. That's, that's called strategic planning. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know you're always around on, on Friday, and when Kevin's on, so you always have a lot to opine in on. Plus, we have not heard a, a, a anything about. Well, certainly we haven't heard a bit about Ukraine, and uh, I'd like to get your opinion on uh, what's going on over in... Is this possibly uh, beginning the first couple steps of a real ceasefire over in uh, over in Gaza, or no? No, I don't think so. I think Netanyahu's pretty serious about eliminating Hamas, and uh, I I just don't think the Israelis are done yet, so... Well, come, I don't see how you eliminate an idea, but I guess that's his, you know, he's not asking me, but didn't somebody kill six million people trying to eliminate a religion that didn't work, did it? Yeah, nope. And uh, so we'll see how that works out. I mean, maybe he'll settle. I know the Israeli people are not happy with Netanyahu either, so, you know, he doesn't have much domestic backing, and I think the only international backing he has is us. I mean, even the Pope is against him, so we'll see how that works out. Well, the uh, I don't think anybody feels that they don't have a right to protect themselves and go get the guys that did the bad stuff. I just, there is a limit to the collateral damage people are willing to accept. And it, the same thing happened in this country when we were chasing after the 9-11 people. I mean, Rumsfeld thought anybody in the, in the neighborhood was collateral damage and you shouldn't have been in the neighborhood. Yet most people didn't feel that way. Right? I mean, it just, you know, it just reminds me so much of it. How much of this, uh, obviously with Kissinger dying this week, it's kind of a hot topic when you do 
negotiations on people. You know, I forget how did the how did the Brits and the IRA ever I won't say bury the hatchet, but stop killing each other every week. When everybody on both sides must have had an uncle or a brother or somebody that was killed or wounded and everybody hated the other side to such an entrapment an amazing amount and all of a sudden Somehow, did it, did it just peter out, or was there a negotiation process? How did that work? No, uh, there was a negotiation process. And the guy that was the head of the IRA at the time, I forget his name, um, he, he, he sat down with them, and then the Brits negotiated. So there, were, there was, and, but somewhere along the line, you sort of have to, I mean, you can't forget your brother that got killed, but you, you have to put it behind you somehow. I mean, it, right. Is, is I it, think they had had enough. I think both sides there had had enough. How many years was that? A couple centuries? Three? No, it was really more the was, the troubles began mostly in the uh, you know in the 1920s. I think it was, and uh, so it, it lasted you know roughly 80 years, maybe. I don't know. Well, that's a while. Yeah, it was a while. It's a long time. I mean, I have to believe that over in the, in the, in the Middle East, in this area, every Jewish person knows a family member of somebody who's gotten killed by one of these guys. And every Hamas guy must know somebody or thinks he knows somebody that's killed by a Jewish guy. And that's got to be really hard to put behind you. I mean, at some point you do, right? Uh, yes, I would assume you do. But, you know, I haven't been put in that situation, so... I mean, if I was Netanyahu, I would want revenge for, you know, it was essentially an unprovoked attack, and, you know, they're still holding hostages. So it's just, you know, this is just not, uh, you know, the way that we fight or that you should fight. So. Yeah, it's a, well, I mean, you get to, you wonder how many, how many people in the last few years actually wanted Hitler in there. You know, I mean, they would have been happy to get rid of the guy. You know, on the German side, you know, look, look, look at the abuse they took. Or, the, you know, or the Brits. I mean, uh, not, not to mention the Chinese and the Japanese, for God's sake. I mean, it's it's been pretty nasty wars the last couple hundred years, and it doesn't seem like they're ending, does it? No, I don't. I, I just don't think they will end. There's always shortages of something, so. What, what's going on in Ukraine? I've not heard boo about that, other than uh, somewhat of a stalemate. It's got to be be almost becoming winter trench war in the winter is that what they're doing over there well I, I, it's definitely a stalemate and uh i i'm not sure what the ukrainians have planned you know their big offensive didn't quite work but you know now they probably have their guys in training and they will continue to develop their people and then hopefully attack the russians again in the springtime and I wonder if we just sits there, sort of. Well, I mean, I think it's probably too cold to fight. I mean, I wouldn't want to be fighting when it's zero degrees. And, you know, and the Russians are entrenched. You know, they they really, they do defense in depth better than most people. Now, their, their supply lines, though, where's all their food and everything coming from? I mean, it the supply lines from Russia have to be pretty stretched. Well, I mean, they're, I mean, you have Russian territory right next to the territory that the uh, Russians are occupying, so they're not that stretched. Okay, so um, 
you know, I would, well, and the Ukrainians are, you know, fighting on their own terrain, so both sides probably have adequate supplies. You mean food and stuff like that? Yes. And, you know, and uh, the Ukrainians, I think, probably need artillery, and we're supplying them with that, but, you know, now that's uh, being held up in Congress, you know, different, uh, you know, we're the different machinations with the Congress and uh, the Russians you know are getting supplies from both the Chinese and the Iranians so I don't think the Russians are hurting for any supplies whatsoever I was uh, reading in uh, uh, George Marshall's soldier and statesman as a part in there about how when, when our guys but his whole his whole thing was if he was going to send somebody to battle the, the person's have the best equipment, the best possible chance to get out of there with his skin, basically. And uh, there was a one page about the the average Japanese fighter and the average American fighter. And it was, like you probably know, it was better. Maybe, I mean, how many, our guy would go to, go to you know, would land on an island or someplace with like, I don't know, 10 grenades, you know, 300, 300 bullets, uh, how many pieces of toilet paper, how many pieces of of, of uh, water, how many how many days of rations? You know, the Japanese guy'd have like five bullets, no grenades, no toilet paper. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, the difference was mind-boggling. The, the the amount, the logistics of war, which I think Marshall understood better than anybody. Logistics of war, that's what wins. That's what wins battles, right? A lot of times, not right. battle. Well, and you know who understood the logistics of war very well was Patton. Also, he always was. Uh, he was very strong on logistics. That was one of the guys we had to study, actually. The way that he kept his his tanks supplied uh, when they were moving forward. No, but, but but how does it? But it has to get near him first, right? I mean, it can't just be fill out the fill out the order form and hope for it to show up. I mean, there's got to be people all. I mean, we're talking. What did what did uh, did Lou say that he? Uh, we read this thing about World War Two and as a German general. And they, they, I don't know, they captured some something there, and and, and uh, w- one of the you know, American guys had a, had a cake from home, and the German guy goes, "If these guys have the wherewithal to get a cake before it spoils, from the U.S. to here, we got no chance because they're getting bullets here, they're getting tanks here, <clears throat> the same way because we can't do that." I mean, they, 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 I don't think the Germans were getting care packages for home. Our guys were. Well, the, you know, we were hitting the German industrial complex, too. So, I mean, they, we were bombing them very heavily. So. Well, who do you think's got the advantage over in, in Ukraine? Ukraine, Ukraine uh, big borrowing and stealing from other people? or The, and the Russians aren't <clears throat> the greatest shape themselves, are they? To, to have a no, they're not. They're... they're but uh, I'd say that's pretty much of a stalemate, you know, still. I don't think anybody's really got a strong advantage there. Well, what if, if you had to put a number on it, and I, or, it's hard to put a number on it, but how many, how many people at home would you say, because, I mean, my mom worked in the quartermaster corps here, ordering stuff for the Army. Uh, how many people at home would have, if you had 200,000 people in the field, how many people at home have to be working to supply those people? It's got to be three times that, isn't it? Oh, uh, yes, but I I don't know that, Tom. You know, that's a very good question. I, I would say the Ukrainians are running out of 
available troops more than anything else. Okay. You know, because they're they're using a lot of different folks to fight, and I think they kept everyone there. Uh, they wouldn't let people leave up till the age of sixty. So they're they're hurting, I think, for actual bodies. Yeah, in fact, I think the age of the people that they're bringing into the military now is very high. That's, yeah, that's, and, that's what you know, and they're they're having women fight, which is nothing wrong with that. But they're they're actually in the front lines fighting too. Gee. so if we were over there, we might get drafted. Oh, I'm I'm sure we would uh, probably be drafted. Uh, we might not be. We're kind of old, but uh, you know, our our sons and daughters would be. I'm pretty sure about that. Well, they'd want you. They could. They could use you somewhere, in the administration part. They wouldn't yeah, want. They, what they want? Kevin and I. We'd be. What are we? What are we? Doing? We know nothing. Well, you, uh, you, Sergeant you, Schultz. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah. I know nothing. Yeah. All right, guys. Let's shift gears a little bit. To, what do you wait, make? Wait, before you do, um, Mike. Uh, just, I don't know if you have any insight into the politics of this or not, but why? What's the hang-up? Uh, over whether we fund uh, Israel and uh, uh, Ukraine in one bill or two, why why is the president so insistent that it all has to be in in one bill? I think he just wants a, a sloppy bill, Kevin. You know, one that gives him more flexibility uh, because. The way the Republicans are, you know, attacking him is, you know, that the deal about the IRS agents and all that. So, I mean, they want to trade money from one pot for money for another pot. So the Republicans are making him cut, you know, IRS agents in order to fund the war in Ukraine. So they, you know, they want him to make it a priority. I don't think he wants to make it a priority. Uh, and I know I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth there, but I'm not sure why they're doing what they're doing. But I, I just think that the Republicans want it to be very specifically funded for Ukraine and then Israel. Well, first would be Israel and then it would be Ukraine. The IRS yeah, thing is a big and, issue. And, and Biden's saying, oh, no, they have to come together. At the, the, they have to be together in the same bill. And it doesn't make a lot of sense to me as to why this would be a hang-up one way or the other. Yeah, they're going to fund them. Sure they're going to fund them, right? But the Republicans also want him to do something about our border, and you know they're making that a sticking point for themselves, but also you know so that the uh, the Biden administration has to react to their uh, priority for the border. I'm going to say yeah, it's, it's, it's understandable. Uh, you know, I mean, that's politics. It's frustrating right. things, but uh, so that part I understand, and that, you know, that that doesn't bother me. I, I I'm, I'm just this the, the insistence on, oh no, they have to be together in one bill. It doesn't make any sense to me. I, I well, know, it, Kevin, look look back at the last ten bills we've sort of covered on the show. Every one of them is combined with a bunch of crap that that nobody's ever read the damn thing. I mean. This, this IRS thing is, uh, for some reason, for a lot in Congress, especially, well, the Republicans are a little, they want to hire all these agents, and they haven't, they haven't hired them yet. So that's an easy, it's an easy piece to pull out of, quote, the budget. 
if you're worried about going forward and, and how much you're going to expend. Plus, people are worried, what are they going to do all day? Are they going to go after Microsoft? The answer is going to be no. Are they going to be standing around your front door? People are worried about that. Why do we need another 20,000 IRS agents? For I mean, people ask that question. So it's a, it's a kind of unpopular thing. I mean, you and I have talked for, for a long time about all the stuff that even both sides agree on that just sits there going nowhere, and they don't just, they don't just pass it. They wait for some other bill and stick it on there. And you wonder, what's that doing on this bill? That seems to be a habit of these, actually of both sides when they run the place. And as soon as they get out, the other guy says, I don't want to do that anymore. And then the Republican gets in the next time, and all we'll see is the same thing. I mean, you and I, I think, and Mike, I think, absolutely think it's a, it's a horrible way to do business, to have these big, huge combination bills. I mean, I think I'm talking for both of you guys. Oh, don't, just don't put the word comprehensive on there, because that's the one that always scares me. Oh, yeah. Like oh, yeah. I mean, uh, one thing about as, as bad as Illinois is, I think they have a, a, a rule uh, that they actually adhere to, that one one topic, one bill. And, uh, you know, I don't see why the Congress can't do that either, but, or is, is the same way, but they don't seem to be listening to us, do they? They should. I think well, I don't think they can get the pork in the one bill, you know. So that that's really why they want that the monster bill. I mean that that's been the habit the last, you know, several years. Uh, so, you know, and Schumer's, you know, he's hemming and hawing, and you know, so we'll we'll see how this all works out. But I read the. Uh, I mean, I'm not into reading bills much. But the, uh, not the PPP, the, what is it, the Employee Retention Credit, um, I, actually, I actually read part of that bill because I'd want to see if it would apply to us or PTI. And uh, actually it did for like a quarter. Um, so, full disclosure, we got some money from it. Uh, but I'm sitting there reading the thing, Mike and Kevin, and it, it, it didn't take me two pages to realize who the, who the bleep wrote this. Whoever wrote it was from the restaurant industry. It, it was so obvious to me after two pages. I, I'm like, this, this, if this went through by itself, this would never pass muster anywhere. If anybody actually looked at this bill, just briefly, I'll, I'll take a minute. If, if you are in a, uh, what was it, an essential business, like, like we are, and then uh, brokerage firms were considered essential businesses, banks, law firms, stuff like that. They're considered essential businesses. You you had to absolutely be shut down, or you had to, your revenue had to decline twenty percent year over year, quarter over quarter. Nobody nobody can survive if their revenue goes down twenty percent. I mean, we're not talking about your income; we're talking about the revenue. Yet, if you were um, in, in a non-essential business, meaning a restaurant or other places like that, or or like a uh, even a, even a garbage truck company, I think, it was a non-essential business. If you could, if if you even had a partial shutdown, you didn't have to pass the revenue test. So if you had a restaurant that had hundred tables in it, and and six bar stools close to each other, and you had to shut down the bar, okay, and then maybe you had to spread the tables out in the other place, that was considered a partial shutdown because you had to shut down the bar. So if you, but your takeout business. I know people who got all this money and they had their best years ever and then still got the dough. Because there was no revenue test for a non-essential business, but there was a revenue test for an essential business. What, who, would, who would dream that up? 
So the biggest, the absolute biggest beneficiaries were, were, were restaurants that were partially closed, maybe had their bar closed, and that was 10% of the place. And whoever wrote it had to be from that industry. Now, who gets to write this crap? Who, who gets, why, why would anybody make a difference between us? You would think the essential business would be treated better, wouldn't you think? Not worse. One would think, but <laughs> yeah. one would be wrong. One would be wrong. So, I mean, I think, I think Mike is 100% in where he says my, a lot of this stuff, if people actually looked at it, would, 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 would be an abortion <laughs> in the newspaper page. So you just stuff it in with a bunch of other stuff and nobody ever reads it. It goes through, right, Mike? Well, that seems to be what they like to do. So, I mean, we'll see how this works out. I think Johnson and the Republicans want, you know, one bill at a time. So we'll see how that works out too. It, you know, once again, nothing is moved, so nothing's going to happen until January, until they come back after Christmas. So, well, what is what is the actual on your end, Mike? Put yourself back in the in the military. Does that mean like tomorrow because the funding isn't there? there there's no funding. You you can't you can't ship a boatload of literally a boatload of artillery shells tomorrow because you can't get paid, or do people send it anyway, knowing they're going to get paid? Does it really interrupt the flow as much as the dummies in the population like me might think, or do you do it anyway and get it out of another budget, and then when you get the money, you shove it to another place? I'm not, I'm not asking you to talk out of school. No, but. it uh, it does affect it. It affects the way we do business because, for instance, we couldn't hire. We, you know, we were on a hiring freeze for a long time, and then you know the other thing was uh, we would have to. Well, that that was kind of our management like to do this. They would continually reorganize. So would, they would shift people from what 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 had been a priority to something else. So we were always kind of having to make it up by shifting people around and then by not hiring people. So and like my sister works for the IRS now. Well, she just retired actually. And uh, she said that, you know, they haven't been able to hire for years. So that's why it's so critical that they get some of those people. So so they have no new talent coming in. So that's how it affects, well, for instance, the IRS. So, so every one of these divisions has their own story, sort of. Yes, exactly. And, you know, I never was in the supply side. So, you know, we always supplied intelligence. We always had to because... We were forced to, you know, that ours wasn't, you know, money dependent. People were money dependent, so that's that's what hurt us. So if they if people left to do other stuff, the person replacing them, you had to start training them and everything. I got to believe that the in what you did, uh, experience is a big deal. Oh yeah, I mean that's what that's kind of what we wanted. But then you know our management had another self-inflicted wound. They were taking people off of areas that they had worked for probably 10 years or more and shifting them to other places, which to me is stupid, but, you know, I wasn't part of management then. You mean so. you'd pull somebody out of South America and put them in Africa or something? Well, actually, what they did is they pulled a guy that had a lot of African expertise or guys that had a lot of a- African expertise, and then they moved them to China or the Middle, or the Middle East because they were a higher priority. We were always taking people out of lower priority countries or lower priority areas of the world and moving them to what were the higher priorities, so Russia or China or the Middle East. So we say higher priorities are much more likely to blow themselves than us up. 
or that were already blowing up. For instance, I we we had to deploy a guy that I used to work with to Afghanistan. So I then backfilled him working Afghanistan so that uh, he could deploy. So, but that that was kind of a normal part of doing business. But you know, unfortunately, every time this happened, happened, did somebody move? Or did, you, did you did you ever stay a long period of time in one spot? For the most part, I always worked uh, Europe and Russia. You know, well, but well, and Africa. I had what was. The European Africa division, and I also had Russia in it, and then they reorganized. So then I ended up with Europe and Russia, and then a guy that worked for me ended up with Africa. So, so somebody, somebody's are watching all these places kind of all the time. Hopefully, yes. But for instance, uh, the the guy that used to work Africa, and when I used to work Africa. We had maybe one person for five or six countries, so they would have to watch five or six countries. Right. And, and you know, I and for a while, I had roughly ten guys on Russia, or more than that. Actually. Do you guys, do you guys coordinate? Kevin, for, pile in here with some questions if you think of some better than mine. I, do you guys coordinate with like the the economic people, where you know if the you know if the country is doing better or worse economically because of it? I always felt that yes, it, it, we would do all kinds of coordination. So I mean, if. If, if if the economy was going downhill, were you a little more worried about other stuff blowing up? I mean, I imagine you were. Yes, to a degree, yeah. Oh, uh, who's in for charge? For us, it was all about studying the ground forces. Ah, uh, who's in charge of Venezuela? Who's in charge of Venezuela? <laughs> yeah, how does uh, it, how we how's that place going to get fixed ever? Uh, you know, until they change their regime, you know, Maduro's got to get out of power there. So, and somebody's going to have to. And now that we're helping him, it kind of is. Uh, who knows what's going to happen there? I, I just, you might have some. Maybe you can answer this question for me. When a place goes totally under to the point where there's no currency and there no, there's, doesn't appear to be any kind of currency, how do people live? Is it all? Did you ever go to? Is it all barter? Or what? How do these guys even act? I think that's a lot of what happens. Yes, it's hand to mouth. I mean, the same thing happened to Zimbabwe under uh, Mugabe. So. I mean, his currency was worthless. Uh, he he was essentially in power by, you know, he ended up dying in place. So, you know, his people suffered, and I'm sure it was, there was a lot of bartering. And how, do you, Nigeria, how, do you, how do you get on the bus? How do you buy gas? Well, they get it through, uh, they have like these little mobile, uh, you know, you ever see that the carts with the that are pulled by donkeys? Yeah. Well, they that they have gasoline on those carts and then people fill up from that and I don't know how they pay the guy but that's ends up happening there God, it's gotta be, a, I wouldn't want to go and watch it but it has to be fascinating to see well it, actually it was when I went to Nigeria boy that was that place was a oh kind god of, what kind of hotel it was a cesspool to a degree where did you stay we stayed in what you know the the embassy had their own compound and they had a hotel there. Yeah, they have a bar. I hope. Uh, they might have. I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> I, I think I don't, you, believe, you. I don't, I don't believe about that one. I think you remember if they didn't. <laughs> Could you get an old fashioned? Greg wants to know. <laughs> no, I didn't get an old fashioned. <laughs> Kevin, Kevin, you got any questions for Mike while we have him here? 
No, I, I think you know it, it is really interesting to to listen to how this works and how they deploy people, though, because uh, you know it, it's almost like you, you you're you're playing a, a little bit of a game of whack a mole, where you're you know you're just trying to react to uh, what's going on in any given place in the world, um, but in in that process, you're guaranteeing a certain amount of um, weakness, you know, that that's going to pervade because you keep deploying your strongest people someplace else they get a learning curve and then they get backfilled with people who uh, who have a, their own learning curves and uh, that, that's uh, I, I want to say borderline alarming I'm <laughs> you know but I don't know how else you do it either well I, I mean I got a 30 second story here the young lady well she's not young she's retired uh, she's a st- state senator from Portage and whenever there's a kind of party over there I, I just say hello to her She's you know, just a regular lady out, you know, BSing with everybody else. But this time I had a chance because the band was so loud and a few people left the place. I actually got to sit right next to her and talk to her for maybe a half hour. It was kind of fascinating because she, she's one of the people that actually, you know, gives a crap about going down there and doing the job. And I said, what, what was the hardest part? She goes, learning these industries, she goes, is, is really difficult. I mean, I, like Mike, he's trying to learn a whole country. She goes, At my first, like, 10 years I was on the... Uh, whatever the roads roads highway the highway committee said it took me a long time she goes i went to school I, you know i got a degree i'm not a dummy she goes but it took me a real long time to to, uh, to understand all these contracts how they were doing how the bidding process worked how you determine which roads which bridges needed to work first and how you had to make sure these people do this all right she says and after about 10 years and i was really comfortable there they said hey you got to go on the uh uh whatever, the medical care committee or whatever that would be. She goes, the different ways people paid for in hospitals, she goes, to learn that industry took me a solid two years of study. Because, I mean, to re- actually learn enough about some place to do any good. I mean, I think, uh, you know, Mike is uh, shortening himself here to, to all of a sudden decide, okay, instead of Africa, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to learn about Russia. Mike, that had to be a massive undertaking. Well, I had always kind of followed Russia anyways, Tom. Okay. So. It was okay. So you were partway there, but I can say that because you know I, I'm on my fourth career. Yeah, <laughs> I, can, I can I can promise you that it does take a good uh, one to two years to really get the hang of it, um, to understand you know just just to understand the language of it uh, is is an undertaking. So uh, yeah, I'm I, I'm I'm a lot of I have a lot of empathy for uh, people who have to do that. Well, guys, thank you very much. Take care. Have a good weekend. Do we have any of our guys playing? Have any decent games? No, but tomorrow is the uh, tomorrow for for those who aren't old enough to remember it is the closest thing to what New Year's Day used to be. Yeah. Now, now we're just instead of trying to narrow it down to a national champion, we're just trying to narrow it down to a field of four playoff teams. But you know, it's it's all of these games matter as you go through the day, and you know one. Uh, one outcome starting tonight. One outcome can then set up the the next game to be more meaningful than it originally looked like it would be, and and the dominoes just fall until you get your four playoff teams. So it is, you know, it's it's a day. You know, pack up all your stuff. Uh, you know, uh, order your pizza, whatever it is you're going to do, and sit back and watch football because it's a really good day of college Kevin, football. Kevin, all the top four have a game. Uh, I believe they do. I just don't want to see Alabama weaseling in here if they beat Georgia. Well, uh, well they'll get in. The SEC will vote with them. 
You think they'll both get in if they win? Oh, yeah. Yep. Well, they can't wait to kick Florida State out because they don't like him in the first place, plus the kid got hurt, right? Well, Florida State's managed to stay undefeated, so we'll see what happens. Well, it'll be interesting. We'll talk about it next week, guys. Uh, take care of yourself. SP Futures down 9, NASDAQ is down 48. Be right back. Mr. Carl Denninger. This self-directed trading is a lonely job. Online trading is not as easy as point and click. No, it's not. Everyone, even professionals, need to share ideas and think out loud every now and then. That's what I like about PTI Pro Direct. Their staff of former option floor traders really helps me choose the right strategy for trading option volatility and plan the time decay for my covered writing program. Yep, nothing can replace years of trading experience to stop you from making that dumb trade and for saving a few bucks. We've all been there and done that. <laughs> yeah, I have access to all that great trading advice and experience for just a penny a share for stocks, $1 for equity options, and $1 minimum a trade. Our clients at PTI ProDirect can call when they need a little help on a trade or just to talk about the market in general. We trade every day. We love this stuff. That's what I like most about PTI ProDirect. Cheap prices along with great advice from real floor traders. It's the best of both worlds. Tell your friends. That's PTIProDirect.com. PTIProDirect.com. Hear ye, hear ye! The Homer Broadcasting System is on the air! Stocks, jocks, Stocks and jocks. You are out of control! Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. There's something happening here. What it Hello and welcome back to Stacks and Jacks. I'm Tamal. Greg Pappas on the board. SP Futures down 9. NASDAQ Futures down uh, 49. Do we have Professor Carl? do. You do. How are you, buddy? Oh, I'm doing all right. You know, it's uh, first day of December. Yeah. We, uh, <laughs> the interesting, uh, we, we are now back to normal temperatures and weather conditions uh, in the northeastern part of Tennessee. Uh, but uh, the last couple of days, we've had this uh, this blast of global warming that rendered us with 20-degree overnights, which is, I mean, yes, that happens around here, uh, but not usually in November. Well, you've got, uh, I'm going to say, it may be global warming. It may also be a pretty strong El Nino. Well, you know, that's the thing, is that... Uh, and actually, there's some amusement with that, too, because, you know, we were promised a extremely nasty global warming-fueled hurricane season, uh, if you remember that. Yeah. the uh, You know, all the people screaming about uh, such things, uh, of course, do not wish to talk about, because now, as of today, the hurricane season is over. Okay, that's, you know, that's the official time. That doesn't mean you can't get a tropical system in December, Wilma infamously uh, was very late going through the southern part of Florida but uh, it does mean that officially the season has ended and um, gee where were the storms I, uh, I'm gonna, I'm, I love pushing back a little bit now by, now by the way El Nino does tend to alter the course of them and tamper with their formation that's, okay, that's so. about what I was about to say cause it, right, right. about six months ago when this El Nino pattern started there was a, a guy who seemed to have some knowledge. You know, whenever they, whenever they, instead of just saying one thing and being dogmatic, if they mention all kinds of other stuff with it, you know, they, they might actually have read the whole book instead of one chapter. Right. Uh, and this guy was talking about how 
he thought the El Nino would be stronger than normal, but there was some corresponding thing going on in the Atlantic. Well, there's yeah, there's an oscillator. So, as as the name implies, there's there's actually several of those uh, that uh, that change from time to time, and there that's part of what produces the El Nino La Nina phenomenon. Uh, but there are several others as well, and sometimes they interfere with one another. Sometimes they align. This guy thought this was going to interfere with right. this. Would, right. would that could be a really strong in El Nino? I think he also said that. The, was going to cause a lot of the hurricanes to just spin up into the middle of the Atlantic and not hit anybody, which is well, what that was that was basically what happened. Yeah, yeah. Of, I think we had enough named storms; they just didn't go near land. Right, you had, you had a fairly decent number of them that did spin up. They just they all recurved before they you know they got too much latitude before they uh, before they got before anywhere. Bermuda was dodging them well, it seemed. Yeah, although dodge was the correct word. I mean, they I think they got hit once by something that was kind of sort of, but. But, but you know, no devastating. Oh my God, kind of thing. So same thing with the Bahamas. And the Bahamas usually does get nailed, um, just because of where it is. Well, didn't Newfoundland or somebody get nailed with one? Well, yeah, there was uh, there was one storm that went up into you know everyone was saying, oh my God, you know Maine's going to get plastered, and uh, and they got a storm. Yeah, but uh, you know people were talking about you know five six foot uh, you know surge numbers, and I'm like, um, excuse me, do you realize there's a twelve foot tidal range up there? Yeah. I mean, normally, <laughs> yeah, well, so, you, well, you don't want one at high tide. Well, uh, but but the thing is, is that people are not stupid enough to, uh, you know, unlike in parts of the Gulf Coast, right, where I used to live, uh, there were there were plenty of houses that had you know five six feet of relief from you know from from the the normal water level, and the reason you could get away with that there is because the tidal range was about a foot. All right, so I mean. You know, if you try that in somewhere that has a, you know, that has a ten or twelve foot tidal range, well, you know, you have what's called a swimming pool half the time. So, well, uh, the, uh, for those that don't, my uh, my one experience with that is my buddy, still a friend, his his dad had a place. I don't know if the family still has it or they sold it. They had a spot out in Cape Cod, and there was a, what do you call? Well, there was a beach. West Dennis was the name of the place, and it was a really nice beach. But behind the beach. There was this like little waterway, and down down maybe a half a mile, there was a river that came in. But then there was a part to the right where the beach was actually like a a left-handed peninsula. I don't know what you would call that, Carl, but you could actually drive out on the beach. But behind it was was part ocean and a bit part river. So you, if you wanted to take a boat in, you could put your boat in the back of your house. Then if you scooted down a couple of blocks, you turn left, and you were, you were in the ocean. You turn right, you were in the river. So it was really a great little spot. But it had all the different tide, you know, it moved with the tide. And I go back to the dock, and the dock has these, you know, four big poles in the water uh, and that are really pretty high. And it's got a, the walking out to the dock, the thing goes up and down. But where the boat was, you would have, uh, the dock had these big, like, huge sea clamps, for lack of a better term, around the poles. Right. So they would just be able to sneak up, up the pole and down the pole with the tide. But it had to be. Five feet up there, or maybe four feet. It was it was pretty good. But your yeah. boat, you know, the boat would go up and the boat would go down, and you got to make sure if it's if it's tied onto a buoy that you know you got some chain. <laughs> no, right? Well, yeah, there was. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the the strategies you have to use in in places where you have a lot of tidal range are are very different, especially when there's storms coming, because 
uh, one of uh, you know one of the things that you see a lot in places like Florida is floating docks uh, with that are basically on uh, uh, concrete piers that can you know can go up and down with the with the tidal range. Problem with that is is that if if that pole is not tall enough and anchored well enough, what happens during a hurricane is that it gets lifted off the top. So now your boat is tied to a floating thing that goes bashing everything else around it. Right, right. Uh, and and by the way, your boat's the bumper that gets used for that. And uh, you know the, the the pieces will fit in a dumpster when you're done with that little exercise. So yeah, I mean it's uh, there are different different strategies for different places. I owned a, a pretty large boat for a number of years down in Florida, and uh, during the summer months, you, you always kept the weather eye out for what was going on, because yeah, if, if you were in certain places when one of those things came, you, they, you're calling the insurance company. There's That's just all there is to it. Kyle, one of the themes this week, uh, if ever anybody thinks there's a theme to what we're talking about here, is uh, how the differentiation in in some of the the money in terms of the the value and how it's it, I think we both think it's been dispersed some people have so much money it's it's like play money right and other people they're they're adding up the stuff in the grocery store and I don't and now the the fed to me appears I mean I've gotten mixed fairly long um for some of our stuff and I uh, you know, and I'm not as concerned, although I still have puts in place all the time. I'm not as concerned about the downside here, although I think we might have we might have run out of gas a little bit in November. But I, re- I really believe, from from my summary, summation of the Fed, is that certainly for the next year or so into the election and probably thereafter, they're pretty much okay with a three and four percent inflation level by their count going forward because they're going to tell you how hard they're fighting it down to two percent and in fact leaving the price level where it is not making any attempt I mean, the money supply is the same as it was in april so there's really right. no attempt a little bit before that to, to say okay we've we've got to readjust this bubble we put in the place there's no i don't think there's any hint of that and now whether they'll be forced to do something or whether the market will do it for them i don't know I mean, it has before. It did in '29. It did in 2000. And a bunch, a couple other times. But the, uh, you know, some of these numbers. I mean, last week I don't know if we talked about the, uh, you know, we're, we're the 10 percent of the stocks that are, uh, uh, what their percentage of the S and P is higher than it was. It just blew through 1972, and it was the, you know, the Nifty 50. It's way through 2000. I mean, oh yeah. I mean, it's. I mean, it, and then we have Greg dragged up that. Uh, Commodity prices versus equities, and equities are the highest they've ever been versus commodity prices. And and you know, and I this 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 deal with uh, Mark Cuban's team and this lady who decided she wanted to own part of a basketball team. The uh, and of course I have my creatures. Greg knows them well. That I that I somehow stumble into the bar and try and talk sense into. How does that work, Greg? Usually, uh, um, but the the whole idea that. This lady has a all the stack in a in a casino company, basically a hotel gambling. It's trading for a fifty six PE, which is pretty friggin' high for a business that's been around for that long. Uh, to her, it's it's just trading dough. I'll take two billion out of this one, and if it was a, at a fifteen PE, the two billion would be what three hundred million. Still a lot of money. The lady's rich, but it wouldn't be two billion, right? Uh, so no, I'll just I'll just go buy a, a basketball team, and and it's funny. I, the, 
the, the people I talked to, these, these guys are not idiots at all, uh, Carl. They're, they're bright people. They have one guy who does a he does all the risk management for some huge firm here, and he's really smart. The other guys are in the mortgage business. We're not talking about dummies. But the whole perception of how where this money goes, they said, well, that, you got to buy one of these, these teams. I said, you know, if I pay $6 billion for the Bears, all right, if I do that, nobody even knows what an, what a, an implied interest cost is anymore. I said, if I did that, okay, now it's $6 billion, which I don't even know how I'd count that high, but let's say I could. And throw a six six percent rate on that. Now, whether they could maybe do better, the rest of the world's paying ten or whatever the hell they're doing. Say six. Well, six times six billion is what? What the hell is that? It's thirty six three hundred and sixty million dollars a year to to fund the price of the place. There's there's no way. <laughs> I'm going to say my guess on the bears because I, I did a pretty good calculation of this ten years ago. Eight to ten years ago, and I thought they made seventy-five million a year. Now I'm, I'm guessing these pro football teams make one fifty to one ninety, depending on the place. Well, how the hell can you buy someplace for a price where just the debt service is three sixty and make one ninety, even if it's two hundred? That what, only in this world of some people have so much money, it's monopoly money. Would anybody ever make a transaction like that, Carl? Yet to a lot of people, it makes sense. Because, to quote you, if the inflation rate is actually higher than the, than when you can bar- the money you can borrow at, in 10 years, they'll sell it for $10 billion. And it, But I, is, there any, is there any end to it, I guess? I don't know. Well, yeah, there is. And that's, I mean, <laughs> I, I think I'd be a little careful here. There's, uh, you know, as I pointed out the other day, uh, there's an awful lot of people that have the idea that, well, you know, we're coming into silly season, right? And the election stuff is is obviously going to take front and center all next year, and oh, that means that you know the Fed is on hold; they're not going to do anything, and uh, you know they're just going to let things ride, even though inflation is uh, is still punishing the blankety blank out of everybody in the middle class. And and my answer to that is, um, boy, that was a really good strategy to believe in in uh, two thousand, which was an election year. I think you got to about March. It was a really good strategy, believing in 2008, which was an election year, and you got to uh, uh, right about September. Yeah. Although, although if you weren't paying attention by the time you got to June and July, you were pretty dumb. Um, and uh, the funny, the funny thing that happened in 08, I was paying an awful lot more attention in 08 than I was paying in 2000. In 2000, I was in the process of uh, of actually. Being in, I was in Florida the day it cracked. Uh, was house hunting, and was woke up in the morning, turned on CNBC, saw the Nasdaq had ex- essentially detonated, and uh, went back to sleep. Turned it off, went back to sleep, started laughing. And, uh, <laughs> of course, you know anybody who was long that day wasn't laughing. I, and, you know, I get the feeling though this time, Carl. And, 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 no, I, you you know that I'm my my concerns are the same as yours. Matter of fact, right. it might be worse, but the uh, I they seem smoother at it this time, and people seem well. Uh, yeah, they are. But see, here's the problem with that: is that, you know, like I look at, for example, I look at the the traffic around here, the real estate situation here, okay, in particular, because you know, real estate 
uh, you know, they're, they're large-scale purchases. They tend to have a long uh, time lag involved in them. All right. Um, but then I also look at automobiles as well. And so you know, because uh, again, big capital goods, um, and and all of the different elements that go into this kind of thing, along with the craziness that's going on in insurance markets and stuff like that. And what I what I see coming is the wall is there and you can see it now people are pulling back there was a there's a place here that i used to go to once in a while when they first opened um they uh, they had some you know decent beer they had live music uh, some decent you know some decent food but they were getting they were you know had some teething pains getting things together and i know the people around the joint uh, and then over over the summer inflation bit them just like it bit everybody else and prices went up well all of a sudden uh, I'm like you know what uh, I'm not paying that for a beer in a bar I stopped going yeah oh yeah I have two stop going places right well uh, okay so a uh, friend of mine's like hey you ought to you know come back over here we're gonna you know we're gonna be over here on Wednesday and uh, you know just kind of hang out and you know have a, have a couple and I'm like you know I really don't go there all that often he says, "No, seriously, they've they've got a different guy running the joint now. It's you know it's the same owners, but they got a, a different guy running the joint." He says, "He says seriously, you you won't be disappointed." I went, hmm. Oh, I go in there. They've got a a handful of beers now, three bucks. Well, wait a minute. That's you know that's uh, twenty nineteen prices. Okay, I mean not every beer on the board is three dollars. But it's not one beer that they're trying to get rid of. There's there's actually a selection, and so hey, gee, there's something there that I actually I know what it is, and I'll enjoy drinking it. Uh, and then they had they had some plates of nachos that uh, with you know with pulled pork on top of them, which is not too offensive to my more or less low carb uh, way of eating. And uh, and they were actually reasonably priced. It was fifteen bucks for a plate of nachos. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah, yeah, and so it's like. So you know, and and they had a guy playing music, and I, I I hung out for a couple of hours and had a good time, had a couple of brews, visited with some friends. Um, hey, guess what? That place is back on my you know my list of places I'll go. And but now, how is he doing this without going broke? We'll see. All right, because I don't think that we've had any deflation in the cost of the things. Well, he sells. if he, if if you. Again, it's, it's 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 however it lands on you, Carl. If you and I had a restaurant bar that had a reasonable clientele, and we had paid for the building, and now that gets back into my argument that we really have an implied interest rate, and the building's worth right. that much more. So, but let's say, for instance, we don't care about that for a little while, even though we should. Uh, now, all of a sudden, our our lease hasn't gone up. The price of all this stuff hasn't gone up. You know, near as much. I mean, the guy downstairs in the building. You know, I, I you know, I'm, 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 I'm cutting way back. I want to you know, have a couple glasses of wine. That's, that's all I do. Uh, if I work out, maybe I'll have a beer or two. But the, uh, you know, the guy they raise the price of, of a glass of wine from nine to ten bucks, and they go inflation. Well, you know, I try not to be a dummy. I know the wine. The wine they pour costs twelve dollars a bottle. In any, right. in any food store, really. So, so if the, if the pre- you get what four glasses out of the bottle, probably, and and so if the bottle goes up a dollar and you raise the price of the beer, 
a dollar or wine a dollar glass it sounds to me like you're three dollars to the good <laughs> or is my math wrong you know I, I just but I don't I I think we're so far away I, it was it was easy now here, here's I'll give you a very specific question Carl but I think I did this uh, um, well Audrey was a person I was showing it to who's in real estate it might not have been the right right person but I had this article here and it's somewhere if I could find it it had to do with 2007 2008 how the with the I'm not going to go through the whole thing because I've done it 10 times on the show the average price of a house was uh, 235 or something like that if you if you plunked 20 grand down or 20% down that you got from daddy or mom or you earned it or you saved it or whatever even if so, if somebody gave you the 20% you needed 85 grand a year you or somebody in your house need 85 grand a year to cover the mortgage, the insurance, the taxes, and all that crap. Right. And and, and only only at the time, 15% of the population made 85 grand. Now, of course, if you and your wife both work, that, that counts. But so, I, but and I think I think the numbers right now, Carl. But it basically said most people couldn't afford their own house because they right. No, so I'm going to say the raw numbers right now are way worse. The median house is 400. Oh yeah, no, it's, it's, I, it's yeah, way worse. No question. I mean, it's way worse. Yeah. I mean, oh yeah, no, it's it's terrible now, yeah, and it's, it's like it's I mean, not even it close. Is. I mean, it, it right. was it was okay while the well, the mortgage rates were three, but now they're not three anymore. But but but, but what I don't see, and this is the numbers tell me the same thing, and make me actually even more nervous than I was in two thousand and eight. Although I didn't just go out and buy a bunch of puts like I should have. Uh, our guys downstairs are heading out, I guess. Firemen. Uh, the what what I don't see is the massive amount of crap going on in the industry where there's $30 worth of mortgage you know, debt on top of every dollar of mortgage and I don't see the credit default swaps and I don't see any of the other stuff that actually blew the place up and, and, and I'm not so sure that we we couldn't have murked our way through it if we didn't have all that stuff we may not have I don't know, it's hard to go back and say what could have happened but now I, I don't see any of that stuff any any of the, I mean, it may be there somewhere, and I just don't see it. I don't see the massive amounts of, of you know, people buying mortgage portfolios of money they're borrowing from Japan and all. That. I don't, I don't see all that crap, which really I think was the was the bomb, or it was the fuse anyway. It wasn't the bomb. It, the prices were the bomb, but that was the fuse. I really don't see a fuse here. I mean, other yeah. Other, well, I think I think you're right. I it, and that's the. I mean, if if you want to look at it from a standpoint of systemic risk. Okay, you know who's what? What blows up the world like we had happen in two thousand eight, right? Um, I, I I tend to agree with you on that. There's there's a lot of people running around with their hair on fire about the the unrealized losses in bank portfolios, and you know, and, and as I've tried to explain to people, if if you don't under if you don't understand how the bond market works, then you don't understand why this matters, but doesn't matter. Okay. Uh, I mean that impairment is real on a balance sheet, and and if you're forced to sell, it's real now, and it's a real capital loss today. But if you're not forced to sell, what it is is it's lower earnings over the next five or ten years. Okay, which is not the same thing as a I'm out of business because I can't pay the power bill tomorrow morning. Right, it's not the same thing, and so. The real question is, do the balls stay in the air? Right. And and I think 
one of the challenges that we have is that when you look at the debt levels and what's going on there uh, from a consumer perspective uh, and and the impact that some of these forced purchases, I mean, places places like Florida where they've seen the largest uh, you know ramp job in housing prices and things like this, are also the places where things like the the fraud heavy government policies have screwed people the worst. And one of the reasons I left the state was I smelled it coming in the homeowners insurance, right? Oh yeah, and, oh, yeah. and in car and in car insurance. Okay, and those are expenses you can't get around, right? I mean, I don't care if you're renting or not. If you're renting a place, the landlord has to be buying the whole insurance on the property. Otherwise, if there's a fire, he's screwed. So you can't get around these things. And if you have to, you know, you have to have a car because you got to get to work. Well, guess what? You got to buy car insurance. It goes up forty percent. I saw a thing the other day that said that, that car insurance prices are up seventy percent in Florida over the last twelve months. Well, mine mine went up. Uh... 25 or 30 percent my last six months and i drive an old junk well i i mean mine's up about 30 percent in the last year okay the last you know two six month periods and and i shop it every time it comes up for renewal because i flip between companies depending on you know who's got the best price right and it it uh, but everybody you know it's it, it yeah you can stay ahead of it for a while at a certain point but at a certain point you can't and the thing is, I, you know, I don't drive brand new, you know, tarted up stuff. Okay, I've got a, I got 2015 in an 02 truck. Well, the, I, uh, I'm not, well, I'm sure as hell not going to be nice to those guys. Uh, but if you, if you ever had your car, well, actually, we have a listener to the show, uh, and some lady run, runs into, I think he has a Ford pickup truck in Indiana. Imagine that, got a pickup truck. Listen to, listen to us, Carl. Yeah, uh, and he. And uh, bang the back end. I think he had to get a new uh, a new truck bed or whatever. It was pretty good damage, even though she had a smaller car, but she whacked him pretty good. And yeah. uh, I'm gonna say the poor guy's he's eight weeks without the truck. Right. I mean, and he's in some smaller town in Indiana. And I think he he get the, was some it was thousands of dollars to fix. And then he gets it. It's not running right. Takes it back. Turns out they had a he's got a bent axle. He forgot to see. He's not looking for an axle. He can't find an axle. It's like a Ford truck. And I, I'm going to say the, the the insurance companies for the first time maybe in their life, they got shocked since COVID, the price of getting any kind any kind of uh, uh, body work done. I mean, it's it's you and I the day you 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 knew about the COVID coming faster than anybody else. We should have ran out. And Audrey had a place here she was trying to sell. I don't know if she ever did. It was an auto part, an auto facility with three three lifts and stuff. God, we should have bought that place. Oh, I'll tell you what. I've well, I have a friend of mine that's that's what he does. He's he's very good at it. He's one of those auto body guys that you know. He's he's an old gray hair and he's oh boy. If you need stuff done and you need it done right, he's the guy to talk to. Okay, and he works for one of the places around here. And and he has noted that there is a huge sea shift that has occurred, and and the shop that he works for is is over in the West End, uh, which is a pretty tarted up area. Okay, I mean, there's you know a lot of a lot of people with a lot of money there, and you know go figure. The guy that knows what he's doing works somewhere where people can pay him. Oh yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. So, uh, but he said that he's he has the people that are coming in there now. 
He says half of them, and and these are are folks, you know, they're driving bimmers and stuff like this. They're like, okay, how 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 much is it going to cost if I just pay for this and I and it doesn't go through my insurance company? And these are these are people that are driving you know seventy eighty thousand dollar vehicles. And and he says he's never seen this before. It's and he's been doing it for a long time. And, and he's like, and the only thing he can come up with is that they don't want it on there because they know they're going to get dropped. Yeah, well, and I... and you know, well, and he had he had a guy was in there yesterday had fourteen thousand dollars worth of damage. He hit a deer, and I mean, you know, it, it is what it is, right? If anything goes wrong with the front end, the whole the whole thing's got to come off. There's no such thing yeah. as a bumper. I mean, God help you. I mean, I still have a bumper, and one guy kind of tapped me the other. A couple of months ago, the suburban, and I go, I get out of the car, and I, and I'm, I'm thinking, there's no way the guy's got a big dent in his front, and I'm, of course, I, I couldn't even spot it on mine, you know, but, right. But, but I, I got some, I got some rust, being in the city, driving in every day in the salt through the show, right. And uh, you can't find a rust guy. I mean, one, one of the guys got out in the south side that I, the mayor of Blue Island recommended me to, and ah, the rust guy retired. He goes, don't pay too much for that. We should be able to fix your car up for two grand. It should look like new. Uh, which would be fine with me. And uh, he said, but I don't have a rust guy. He goes, nobody yeah. does. He goes, there's so much money in collision, why would anybody want to do rust? Right. Well, I mean, it, I will never live in that part of the country where you are again. And I, I'll tell you what, I, you know, when I was younger and I did, um, everything you wanted to do, you needed air tools or a, ch- you know, or, or a torch to get things apart after a couple of years because of all the salt they throw oh, yeah. on the roads. Oh, yeah. It's just ridiculous, and it, it's uh, you know. I mean, after having get you know gotten out, I mean, that's why I thought it was normal. Then I get out of there, and I'm like, wait a minute, what do you mean I can take everything apart with wrenches? Oh yeah, <laughs> so well, that's why yeah. I'm looking for a truck. I want to go south. I mean, I'm going, I'm going to at least Indianapolis before I, to get something. Hey, uh, yeah. But a qu- real, real quick question. Think about it on on break. Uh, but I tried to get out of uh, Audrey and Nancy, and you know they're somewhat forthcoming. Th- it's such an odd real estate market here where nobody nobody will move if they don't have to so there's only the only thing trading and Audrey's got a lot of these people the only thing trading are people who have been in a house they're selling it for today's price which actually is up a little bit in the last six months not a lot but just a little skosh and uh and they're taking the money and, and it's just like the trade with the lady with the Las Vegas Sands you're, you're trading money you're, you're making a it's like a trade in an options I don't, well, so, yeah, I don't care what I paid. Not. I'll pay a dollar for the spread. I don't care if I'm buying one at 20 and selling it at 19 or I'm buying one at 9 and selling it at 8. I'm just paying right. for the spread. So she's got those kinds of people where they'll go, they're looking well, for a If you do it cash, yeah. that works. Yeah. Well, that's what they're doing. Is, there's, well, yeah. there's always a little bit. Nancy will get a mortgage, and sometimes the mortgage is 50 grand. Or the 400's right. cash. So, but the, but I'm, what I'm trying to determine, and I don't know, there's no answer to this. Is if if something happens now the Chicago area is still even though the city's all screwed up, in the burbs and stuff, most places don't have like one company that everybody works for. Right. So so it's not like if they lay off a hundred people, there's ninety five houses in the same two square miles that are going up for sale tomorrow. So I'm trying to figure out how many how many houses for whatever reason, be it mild layoffs like you're talking about, uh, debt consumer debt and just. You know, slowing down in bars and restaurants and stuff. How many houses have to hit the market before somebody says, "I'm going to have to drop this price by like twenty percent to get somebody re- somebody who's not 
trading to get this place. I, I think they're incredibly high. Well, I, you know, this is that's kind of the challenge. Is that what I'm, what I'm starting to see in a few in a few cases around here, is uh, stuff that sat on the market for you know four or five months, right? No, down, you know, down five k, down ten k, no bites, no bites, no bites. All of a sudden, twenty percent cheaper. Ah, okay. Well. What starts this always in real estate and in large capital assets is the forced sales. The guy who he has to sell it for whatever reason. Well, as soon as he does, he hits the comps for everybody else in the area. Right? And so once the first one starts, well, we'll see how many more follow that, right? And and that's the cascade that I think is likely to come in in next year. Everybody's kind of trying to wait it out, thinking, oh, you know, that's going to be okay. It only works for so long because eventually you get the guy that he gets divorced. Well, that's right. Or or, or his, his job, he gets fired, and the replacement job is 400 miles away. Yep. And he's got to move. Or he's going to starve, okay? And so, you know, those those situations always arise. I mean, you never want to be the guy that's in that box, right? But but they happen. Well, and if, I, if the question is, what level does it have to happen to cause what we know is an overpriced situation? As you say in the trading floor, keep your hands in the boat, don't rock the boat. Yeah. That's yeah. But I I think there's a chance, because we don't have all the other crap on it like we did in 2007, there's a chance we could get a mildly, you know, prices could could drop if the Fed would do anything proper. If, if the prices could drop 5%, 8% over the next few years and people get a few raises, we we could get there, Carl. I I, I uh, not a, not in not in the big capital asset area. It's not that's it's just that's fantasy. Well, you, you, land well it's, it's fantasy land in the big stacks and stuff. I'm agree with you. Well, there. well, it's fantasy land there too, which is a problem. And then you've got companies yeah. like Nvidia that have been engineering their own stuff by by captive sales, which is the same sort of thing that blew everybody up in 2000. Yeah, that's a that's an interesting. One of these days we may have to go into that a little bit, but right now it's going to break. We'll be right back. SP futures down seven. Nasdaq futures down 39. Leaking a little bit, but still pretty darn good. Pretty darn good November if you were long. Right, be right back, Stocks and Jacks. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right Hello, Webpack, Stacks and Jacks. I'm tomorrow. Greg Pappas on the board. SP Features down 750. Nancy Features down 3950. 
I'm looking at the Dow. I see Johnson and Johnson up 178. They had, they had a big run up yesterday as well. Um, Pfizer's decided to take their their fat pills off the market because of all kinds of different side effects. Uh, Pfizer discontinued twice daily weight loss pill due to high rates of adverse side effects. Adverse. Um, so I don't know what those are, but. Uh, yeah. We're actually going to use some true advertising. Yeah, well, that's what they. DAX up 111.7%, FTSE up 46.6%, CAC around up 17.2%. Europe has been steadily climbing here uh, for a while. There had been a really good investment a month or so ago. Asia, not so much. Nikkei down 55.1%. The Hang Seng is down 212, back under 17,000, 16,830. These guys are in a world of hurt. Uh, Shanghai up two bucks, but they're, they're hanging above 3,000, 3,031. Somehow they're hanging in there, but Hang Seng is, man, it, I don't know what we like trading that thing. Uh, we've got 10-year rates down two basis points, 4.33. The bond, now it's a long way from the five we snuck up to a few weeks ago, and that's one of the reasons why we had this rally in November. Uh, matter of fact, probably the main reason. Uh, the bond down two basis points, 2.42. Japan up three basis points, 0 0.70. Uh, UK uh, 4.18. Anybody who thinks that you know their stocks are up because they're a genius and not because the rate went down. Uh, that's just saying. You were a genius to understand that the rate was going down, but to think that your stock all of a sudden, that your, your celebrity CEO caused it, I don't know about that. Oil up 12 cents, 76.08. Brent down a penny, 80.85. Natural gas down 2 cents, 2.77. Arbob up a penny, 2.19. We've got gold, which has been on a tear, is actually down a buck 10 this morning, 2037. We'll see if it hangs in here over 2000. It sort of never usually does. Silver down 7 cents, 25.22. Again, will silver maintain it over 25? Copper up three cents, three eighty-five. We've got Bitcoin up six thirty-eight. This thing continues to rally, thirty-eight thousand three eighty-five. And we've got the U.S. dollar uh, today, uh, kind of mixed. It's actually uh, up a little bit against the pound. Or the euro, the euro's down to one hundred eight. Down a little bit against the pound. The pound's one twenty-six four. Uh, what do you have for us, Trevi? Weather Sports. Good morning, everyone. Bulls, get my playoff tickets. <laughs> Seven forty-one a.m. here in Chicago. Forty-three degrees, cooler with rain tapering off. Phoenix, 51 degrees right now, 64 today. Morning showers and then mostly cloudy. Traffic, inbound Kennedy Montrose to the interchange, 43 minutes. Edens from Lake Cook at 66 minutes. Eisenhower from Wolf, 38 minutes. The Ryan, 95th to the interchange, 31 minutes. And inbound Stevenson from 294 to the Ryan is 45 minutes. NHL, Blackhawks lose at Detroit. That was 1-5. to five. Arizona beats Colorado at home, four to three. NBA Bulls beat um, the thirteen and six Bucks in overtime. That's a big one. Bucks one thirteen, Bulls one twenty, and finally uh, Cowboys win at home against the Seahawks. That was forty one to thirty five. So I got Chief. Back to Both you. of the alleged two alleged stars did not play last night. Does that give you uh, at least one harumph? Hmm. Harumph. Well, yeah, it sounds. It seems real strange, doesn't it? Well, maybe they're better without them. Maybe, maybe. The uh, got to explore when you're. What is it? They're Carl, are you familiar? Were you ever seven a, and fourteen a, or something? Yeah, try we have stuff new. We ever were ever a, a playground basketball guy? No, not really. You know what the uh, the term allergic to leather means? Uh, no. As soon as you get the ball, you got to shoot it. Oh, there you go. This, okay. this Pappas guy, he's a little allergic to leather. It means he never passes. Gets it, and it's gone. Well, it's one thing if it swishes, though. Well, yeah. If it goes in, yeah, who's arguing, right? Well, that's right. But uh, just just saying. You know, never miss. Never, never, he I, never I misses. I also never convince 
uh, a bull market with brains. Well, that's kind of the truth too. Um, so, Carl, we have this. Uh, I, I think the <clears throat> the Fed is uh, is really quite happy with this, and they're they're not about to attack the price level. And I think the price level is you know I have three things that I think that's different this time. And I would love your estimate on this. You mentioned something earlier about uh, insurance and things like that. Even if, even if the Fed waged a war against the price level and pulled the money supply back by fifteen percent or something, I, I almost think that even though, from an economic point of view, that might actually be the thing to do to restore price level to most of your population. Right. It would be so uneven on the way down, just like it was on the way up. That, you know, Carl, the difference between me and most is, A, I'm old enough to have gone through this the first time. And right. The, and the, and I, when I was very in the front and center of it, because I was the inflation guy at Pullman. Okay. And I also know that when the, when the unions were getting a raise every month because they had negotiated it, I was not in the union. I was. <laughs> you the, didn't get anything. I didn't get. I didn't get squat. My. I was the one of their f- favorite guys. You know they claim, so I got the full raise of five percent in a year where inflation was twelve and a half. Yeah, that helped you a lot. And, and I said, you know, <laughs> I, was, I was like the girl. In, yeah, the, the girl in Caddyshack who was thought she was pregnant. Tanks for nothing. You know. Yeah. And uh, I mean, so I, I'm, I'm very aware on a, on a personal basis of how uneven this is. When, when you have inflation that's higher than it than it really ought to be, right? Uh, and and I, I think on the way down, I'm going to guess that one of the biggest differences right now between now and then, what Volcker did, and again I think Volcker was a little sleazier than most people do. Uh, I think in the middle of his 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 antics to get inflation down, I think he purposely put the savings and loans out of business and gave that gave that business to the big banks. I think Maybe. Did, I think you did that on purpose. Anyway, that, that's neither here nor there. It's a whole other discussion. What I'm saying is, I'm going to say right now, my number is probably 50% at least uh, in the raises you're, that are still coming through. Your utility bills, your insurance, uh, those kinds of things. They could cut the money supply in half, and none of that crap's coming down. So I don't. I don't think... That even if they did what I would consider to be the economically right thing, I don't know it would be the proper thing right now. Unless you could find a way to tell Commonwealth Edison, hey, the rate the rate raise you just got, forget about it, or the electric company, because I see this stuff is so embroiled in the system, and so many companies you industries you and I are are always. I don't think Microsoft cuts back from their last increase in office. Do you? I mean, it, we we have so many more monopolies now. And so many more, I'll say, fixed core. I, I don't think I can name five five businesses, five industries. I think they're competitive. Well, so, yeah, so I'm not, I, I think it would be real. It almost be just as dangerous to go the other way, because I think this. You and I talk about a lot of different subjects, and they're all kind of coming together, aren't they? Well, yeah, and, and I'm yeah, uh, <laughs> and one of the things. I mean, I, I you probably caught this because you guys live right next door. Uh, Whitmer over in Michigan signed a bill, and I, you know, I have no love for her, but uh, oh boy, oh boy, you can't really just blame her because the legislature passed it first, right? I mean, governors can't sign things that aren't put on their desk. Uh, that says that all energy 
in Michigan by 2040 must be 100% renewable, period. Well, um, excuse me, but everybody north of Lansing is going to freeze to death. Well, you might as well have a bill that says by 2050 nobody can die. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's that realistic, right? But the problem is, at the same time, what this did was this took the constraints that were in the Michigan Legislative Code out on all pass-throughs for utility costs to the customer. What does that mean? <laughs> so, whoa, 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 explain it. Okay, so in most, you know, the, the your power bill, uh, you know, consumers or whoever, you know, whoever does your stuff, we've got Scud over here for gas and I've got Cub for, you know, for electric. Okay, you know, the, it's, it's some play, I mean, my mother lived in Michigan. It was DTE for everything. It was one bill. Uh, but depending on where you live, it is. But this is all state regulated, and the Public Utility Commission typically they have to put their you know they put their rate requests through. They go through a hearing process. You know, yada yada yada. Well, what this bill did, among other things, was immediately remove all. PUC oversight on the pass-through of the actual energy cost. So now, whatever whatever Detroit Edison ends up having to pay to use solar or wind to generate this power, whatever that ends up costing is going to instantaneously show up in your bill. Okay, that doesn't sound so good. Uh, that's bad. <laughs> okay. So now, first off, you say, well, you can't build any more capacity that is coal or natural gas based or anything else based except for 100% renewables. Well, Michigan doesn't have squat. Uh, I'm I'm, I'm guessing they don't have any nuclear plants under... Do they have any nuclear plants in Michigan? Under... Yeah, well, they... I don't know if they're still running. They have Fermi, which was... which had had Fermi 1 and Fermi 2. The second one's a traditional uh, BWR. It's a you know, it's a traditional uh, generating plant. Fermi One was a breeder, and it was clo- was shut down after some unfortunate issues that uh, came around because they were stupid when they built it. Uh, it was it could have been restarted, but that was that didn't generate huge amounts of power. Was that the same? Is that the same thing that happened to Zion? Um, no, the uh, Fermi One was intended to be part of the closed fuel cycle that Carter disrupted when he came into office and and essentially destroyed that, which is why we've now got a problem with spent fuel storage and stuff like this because there is no closed fuel cycle in the United States anymore. Um, and, and he did it with the intent of destroying the nuclear industry. He knew exactly what he was doing. He knew it wouldn't happen overnight. What he didn't anticipate was that the industry's response to this and the utility commissions would be to just let them store the spent fuel in the pools for literally forever, uh, which is what's happened. Of course, eventually you run out of room, right? I mean, you know, I don't care how big the pool is, it fills. Um, but there's, I don't know if Fermi 2 is still running. Um, I think there is another large plant up near Lake St. Clair, but I'm not... I'm not. Uh, but Carol, no matter how, no matter how much weed these people are smoking, be it California, yeah, a, a lot, be it California or Michigan, there, there can't be anybody who's dumb enough to say we're gonna, we're gonna constantly turn everything, the cars and everything else in the world that people drive, we turn them into all electric, and then realize we're not gonna, we're not gonna have any more electric twenty years from now. I mean, it, how, how does anybody not put two and two together? 
Um, you know, I don't understand where. I mean, th that they actually immediately deleted any oversight of pass-through costs. I, if, if you live in that state, bend over and grab your well, ankles. If, because, because guys like you, even even if you feel like doing it, you're going to have to fight the utility companies either with some donations from people, and people are running out of dough. Right. Meanwhile, they get to fight you with it, with attorneys and people that they can pay the best-looking women and the best outfits to go from party to party. Their lobbyists are the best on earth, and that's at a cost. That they can go to the state legislature and say, this is what it costs to do this. By the way, I'm, supposed, I'm guaranteed a profit of 6 or 10% or whatever the hell it is. And they actually, they, the more the costs go up, the more they charge you. It's, it, it, it is a model that when I was in grad school... Milton Friedman, the people would say this model sucks. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's. I mean, I, I'll, I would bet. You know, and I'm. You know, I'm not constantly waging war against Commonwealth Edison. Well, maybe I should be. I'll bet if he took the top 300 executives there and put them down against the top 300 of companies that size, they make 25 percent more, maybe more than that. But like Eric used, used to say, it's not the ownership class now we're worried about. It's the it's the management class. They think they are the owners, and they just take the money before the owners get it or the shareholders get it. There there is no more. I mean, we'd almost rather have a Rockefeller and a Carnegie. They were probably fairer than these people. Right, right. Yeah, I just you know I mean I, it's it, I'm not I don't believe for a second that in 2040 Michigan will be 100 oh, percent green no. energy it, it, well it's not possible no okay secondly if all you have is resistive heat in the northern part of the state you you're done all right you you can't by the way that would mean you can't burn wood okay you will literally die because you won't be able to pay the two thousand dollar a month power bill uh, kevin, kevin says south of st joseph is the cook nuclear plant Okay, so you've got you've got that one, and there's one in Saint, and yeah, and that's that's on the west coast, and then I think there's there is a very large plant. I don't know if it's nuclear, up by Saint Clair. They closed all the smaller regional and and metro size area plants, and are in the process of closing the few of them that are left. There's there's a couple that were coal but were converted to do the you know the fancy pants scrubbers and you know the the clean coal stuff. Those are being closed down. Yeah, uh, I know. They're going to so close that one in, uh, in Michigan City, and it's interesting. They, they take uh, water from the lake, and they, and they blow the... That's what they used to do at Pullman. Have you ever seen a, uh, uh, like a, a big paint booth in a place now? Well, this yeah. is a long time ago. They, it's, it's, Greg, you've never seen this. Many listeners probably haven't, but they'll have... They actually had... I think it was a, I think it was a DC-3 engine, Carl, that they somehow they got it. And... They have this waterfall that's probably maybe half inch uh, to an inch thick, maybe 200 feet long, and water comes flying down. And whenever they paint, the the propeller is on the other side of the water, dragging the air through the water. Yeah. So, so any of the particulate from the paint, you wouldn't think it was very much. At the end of the week, you look in the bottom of this trough where they'd have to clean it out. Oh yeah, it's huge. It's huge amount. Of, all this glop. <laughs> sitting there going, that that used to go in people's lungs. I mean, what the hell? Uh, well, yeah, and you know the thing is, is that there's there's a bunch of other stuff that's interesting with the way that they've done, you know, they've done a lot of this stuff. I mean, it's uh, 
one of the, one of the, the the gorillas in the room when it comes to coal is that there's a bunch of thorium in coal naturally. Thorium is usable as a nuclear fuel, not using our current processes because we're stupid, but it is. And thorium also is an alpha emitter. It is the reason that burning coal in a power plant causes lung cancer in the population. Really? And so, so you and well, it's, and it's chemically separable because it's a different element. It's it's very heavy. Thorium is a metal, uh, so it's it's not very hard to separate out. And if you did that and used the used the thorium as a nuclear fuel, uh, now the, the coal that remains, the carbon that remains. Uh, doesn't cause lung cancer because there's no more alpha emitter in it. And so, you know, I mean, you'd think that people would say, well, you know, let's do this. Let's, where are we going to get the energy to do this separate? Well, gee, we could use the nuclear fuel to generate the energy. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's kind of like, um, guys, have you thought any of this stuff? Why, 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 I guess, why are we, uh, you know, I'm concerned, you know, my, my view, the, uh, after seeing all the the bad things that happened with inflation last time, my thought, yeah. Carl, I, I never dreamed in my lifetime we would go through this again. Well, I think we are going to. Yeah, and I, and I just thought people realized this was really a bad thing to let happen. It was so uneven. People got hurt. Although, now, but the, the people who got hurt this time are totally different. Oh yeah, because in those days, if you're if if if, if Grandpa Carl had money in the bank, he always made more money than the inflation rate. Yeah, but not now. Not now, and, right. I, and we and we have a and we have a, uh, a a population that, for whatever reason, even though we spent all this money on education, as my mother used to say, uh, we that don't understand that the million dollars they had in the bank four years ago is now worth six hundred. Right. And I, uh, there have been three three others have been closed. Most recently, Palisades in twenty twenty two. So Kevin's helping you out here. That's north of St. Joe, right? Um, so anyway, the 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 idea uh, of the, of this stuff, I, I don't I don't get why we aren't picking up. And now Russell's convinced that what we talk about on the show is starting to percolate out. Certainly into academia, they're saying this is this is what's happened. He goes he goes he goes we're not, on this show we're not the voice in the wilderness anymore. He goes we're right. We're start, he says you're starting to hear it all over the place, but. Oh, oh! By the way, I'm I'm wrong about the one on Saint Clair. That's not there. But Fermi is still operating. Okay. So Fermi two, which is the the BWR, that one's still operating. That's near Monroe. So, but I don't see how you're when when you've this, the whole fiasco. If if you were if you were Carl Denninger sipping a beer in, in a, on a planet near Alpha Centauri that is good for life, and you're you're listening to the news here, this whole thing with these bonds. By the way, I, I did find a bond calculator, and if you bought a million dollars worth of bonds at one and a half percent three years ago, <laughs> they're they're probably uh, what they come up with. They're probably they're probably marked at four seventy five. Uh, yeah, that'd be about right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but but like you say, you can be as that doesn't affect the the bank paid that and now it's worth this. But they had the money when they bought them. You can be you can be a zombie bank for a while. Like a long oh, time, yeah. because the money coming in and out, your your depositors deposits versus the loans out of there. The only thing you've got bad is is your is your capital background back backup. But now, the funny part is, God, how can I say this diplomatically? 
these morons on TV that ask people like Steve Leisman, what's the, and then the Fed, and he'll he'll talk about how the Fed is very concerned about this. Carl, they're the ones that sold it to them. Right. How much? How, how, how can how can you drive up with a with a truck that's falling apart and be say, oh man, I really feel sorry you got that truck. You're the guy who sold it to. Them. They right. told me it was right. fine. I mean, they they bought the stuff from the government. It's not right. like they bought it from from you know from Carl's hot dog stand where you sent it you sold him a band. It's not worth squat. Now they bought it from the government for God's sake. Yeah, I know. It's just <laughs> I mean some of this stuff is just stupid, right? Yeah. I mean you go excuse me what? <laughs> oh, so last note here. Here's 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 the economics of the population. There's this guy in uh, he sells used cars in Omaha, right? This, I like to go, but anyway, he has this truck that he alleged he bought from Oregon. No rust. It's a it's a two thousand, but it's in really nice shape. Right. And uh, it's a twenty five hundred heavy heavy duty. So he keeps sending me something that it's price going down, price going down. I said I, I can't get to Omaha. I don't want to drive mine out there. It's a six hour drive. I mean, I just can't. You know, the the logistics are just bad. Right. So if he's down to eighty four hundred. He's like, come on down and get it. So then, finally, I might have a buyer for mine. So I go, maybe I'll go out and get this thing. So I text him. I go, "What's the story on the truck?" He goes, "Well, it's ten thousand." What do you mean? Yeah. It's t- what do you mean it's ten thousand? He goes, "My boss decided nobody wanted eighty four hundred, so we raised the price." I'm going, "Your boss, <laughs> <laughs> your, I said, your boss has an interesting economic theory. Let me know how it works out." <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> nobody wanted an eighty four hundred, so we had to raise it to ten thousand. My my problem with it, it actually, I think, is worth that. Except I'm not going to buy something where Kelly Blue Book says it's worth four. What if I? What if somebody right. somebody lands on me? Well, that's the thing. If something if something bones you, then yeah. you know, yeah, you, you all of a sudden, oops, half your money's gone. Yeah, but what a great line! Nobody wanted an eighty four hundred, so we raised the price. Raised People the price. think it's better. <laughs> on that note, Carl, do you have a, any favorites in this football football? Uh, no, not really. My well, uh, you know, the the Vols. Uh, Turn themselves into mush, which they have a habit of doing, uh, usually uh, you know, part way through the season. So they, you know, they didn't matter anymore. Um, and I, yeah, the rest I really don't care about. So. <laughs> All right, but talk at you next week. Hey, we might uh, we have Brendan is uh, going on a cruise, and we oh. have uh, and we have uh, Dan is uh, is not available next Thursday. I might might hit you up earlier in the week if you're okay with that. Uh, yeah, just uh, give me a little warning. All right, bud. SP Futures down 11. SP Futures down 59. Back on Monday, Stocks and Jocks. Those acts of God really stick it in and break it off, don't they? Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI Pro Direct. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708-349-3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. Cairo Med. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. Dax Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968.